fasting today, I can't eat. So therefore, my food's going to have to be reading this book. Huh? So I'm going to continue in the... Uh, Actually, everybody who reads this book should be fasting like... Fasting? Later. He? He probably fasted. We don't even know when he fasted, but maybe we'll encounter don't it. they fast all the time? Oh, uh, probably. In the fasting from the world itself. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is the Journals of Thomas Merton, February 24th, 1953, St. Matthias. Uh, gone... He's passing from the world that we know. Yeah. Gone are the days when mysticism was for me a matter of eager and speculative interest. Uh-huh. Why would they be gone? They're not speculative anymore. Gone are the days when mysticism was for me a matter of eager and speculative interest. Now because it is my life. Do you think we could just make it your life and not speculate about it? No, because it is my life. It is a, it is torment to think about, like being in the pangs of childbirth and reading an art essay on mother love written by a spinster. <laughs> Should we read about mother's love written by a spinster? I don't know. Inquire, I am happier than I have ever been there. Extremely poor and helpless, often strained, hardly able to hold myself in place, quote, expecting every moment to be my last, unquote. Sometimes it is a great relief to be distracted. There is a presence of God that is like an iron curtain between the mind and God. But here at St. Anne's, I am always happy and at peace, no matter what happens. For here, there is no need for anyone but God, no need of mysticism. <laughs> a fly buzzes on the window pane. He's become like a Zen master here. <laughs> See, he's so deep into the Zen that he's just uh, experiencing Zen. He's himself. Well, if you're really a, a practitioner of Zen, you don't, like, read books about Zen. You're living Zen. He's sitting like a dead tree log, just in his meditation position. Uh, he's not thinking about how to meditate. He is meditating. March 3rd, 1953. One thing is certain. Days of recollection and afternoons at St. Anne's, Mass in the office, and the terror of the tarp, all are given to me for one thing, that I may find Christ and know him, who is made to us power and wisdom from God. Not a question of examining myself, still less of planning work, or how to be a spiritual director. Life is much more serious than that. Study has a serious place in it, too. Not as if Christ could offer us an alternative wisdom to other similar wisdoms, as if he had a doctrine that was one of many. We have not yet sufficiently learned Christ, and we do not yet know sufficiently what it is to find him. I suppose if we haven't found him, we don't know sufficiently what it is to find him. Anything I have discovered... Another thing, I have discovered the penantial psalms. You do not discover them until you know how much they, you need them. 
You do not know your need until you experience it. You do not experience your poverty when you tell yourself about it, but when God tells you that you are poor. Oh, you think God could tell us that we are poor? He could just make you poor, like he made me poor. That's his way of telling me that I am poor, to make me poor. When God tells you of a sickness, it is because he means at the same time to provide a remedy. It is the devil who tells us that we are ill and taunts us for it and reminds us of our helplessness by making us even more helpless. Do you think that we're going to find a, a, a vaccine for the coronavirus? <laughs> he says just to stay home and don't spread it until they find a solution. In the parental psalm, Christ recognizes my poverty in his poverty, merely to see myself in the psalm in a beginning of being healed. Is a beginning of being healed, for I see myself through his grace, his grace is working, therefore I am on my way to being healed, or oh, the need of that healing. I walk from region to region of my soul and discover that I am a bomb city. I am a bombed city. Bombed. Bombed. Well, remember, dear, he, he, uh, he, he was a, grew up during the World War Two with London being bombed. Not that he was there, but uh, he was in America, I think, when they started bombing. Uh, but, but they anyway, bombed, uh, United States. No, he's saying that in uh, figuratively. I walk from region to region of my soul, and, and I discover that I am a bomb city. Oh, he himself, his you, body. That's like saying you have scars from your life. That's figurative. When I meditated on Psalm 6, I caught sight of an unexpected patch of green meadow along the creek on our neighbor's land. The green grass under the leafless trees, the pools of water after the storm, lifted my heart to God, he is so easy to come to. When even grass and water bear witness to his mercy, I will water my couch with tears. I have written about the frog singing, now they sing again, it is another spring. Although I am ruined, I am far better off than I have ever been in my life, my ruin is my fortune. Dear, on March 3rd, the frogs were singing huh, in Kentucky. The frogs. Uh, the frogs were singing on March 3rd. Uh -huh. See, he has lots of country. I think the way to God is just to go into the country. Let's face it. God is everywhere. It's just to go hang out with frogs. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't believe in Nothing the monastery. I don't go for the monastery. Me, to me, it's trees and frogs. <laughs> July 17, 1956. Uh, either you look at the universe as a very poor creation out of which no one can make anything, or you look at your own life, or 
and you, your own part in the universe as infinitely rich, full of inexhaustible interests, opening out into the infinite further possibilities for study and the contemplation and interest and praise. Dear, do you look out at the stars at, on the space show, or do you look at your own life? Should we look at the universe or look at our I own life? I look at both. Beyond I all, and in all, is God. I more universe. Perhaps the book of life, in the end, is the book of what one has lived, and if one has lived nothing, he is not in the book of life. I have always wanted to write about everything. <laughs> He's writing about everything. The theory of everything. He's the, he is the writing the theory of everything. I have always wanted to write about everything. I want to write a poem about everything. Yeah, he actually almost does that in a I way. I thought that you can actually write a poem after everything. He sort of he writes a lot of journals. He writes a lot. He's a writer, and he's got journals all the time. Like sort of like Thoreau is like writing a lot. And Thoreau wanted to write about everything. I think. I guess. Didn't he have an interest in like in all kinds of things? He had an interest in all kinds of science and religion, and it's like universal in a way. I have always wanted to write about everything. That does not mean to write a book that covers everything, which would be impossible. But a book in which everything can go, a book with a little of everything that creates itself out of nothing. That has its own life, a faithful book. I no longer look at it as a, quote, book, unquote. Hmm. What's that mean? Huh? It has it's a little not, bit of everything yeah, in it. Yeah, it's not going to be like a quote book, like quotations, mm. etc. It's going to be like uh, related in a way, like uh, everything can talk about. Well, he about brings every, everything. Every little thing can talk about a lot eh? You'll bring everything into the book, not writing, ev not yeah. writing, a, covering everything, but bringing a little bit of everything into his book. <laughs> mm -hmm. He does become a comparative religion, yeah, there. But he, you're right; can reflect on other things, uh, certainly. And he certainly he becomes far more than just a Christian. He writes about Zen, and he writes about. He writes all kinds of other religions. He, and the same thing. They he studies comparative religion. He probably does write about everything. Prayer to Our Lady of Carmel, Carmel. What is it that I said to you in the mirror at Havana? Were you not? Perhaps the last one I saw as the steamer left, you standing on your tower with your back to the sea, looking at the university. I have never forgotten you. You are more to me now than then than when I walked through the streets reciting, which I had just learned, the mem memorari. I have forgotten all the things I have prayed for to you. I think I have received them, but I do not remember. More important, I have received you, whom I know and yet do not know, whom I love but not enough. Prayer is what you bring, for prayer is your gift to us rather than what you ask of us. If only I could pray, and yet I can and do pray. Teach me to go to this country beyond words and beyond names. Teach me not to pray on this side of the frontier, here where the woods are. 
I need to be led by you. I need my heart to be moved by you. I need my soul to be made clean by your prayer. I need my will to be made strong by you. I need the world to be saved and changed by you. I need you for all those who suffer, who are in prison, in danger, in sorrow. I need you for all the crazy people. I need your healing hands to work always in my life. I need you to make me as your son a healer, a comforter, a savior. <clears throat> I need you to name the dead. I need you to help the dying cross their particular river. I need you for myself, whether I live or die. I need to be your monk and your son. It is necessary. Amen. Mm -hmm. he talking to? He's talking to um, a prayer to Lady of Mount Carmel. That's like a prayer. Hmm. August 20, 1956. Our glory and our hope. We are the body of Christ. Christ loves us and espouses us as his own flesh. Isn't that enough for us? But we do not really believe it. No. Be content. Be content. We are the body of Christ. We have found him. He has found us. We have found him. He has found us. We are in him. He is in us. There is nothing further to look for except for the deepening of this life we already possess. Be content. August 29, 1956, the great thing and the only thing is to adore and praise God, to seek him is to adore him and to say that he alone is God and there is no other. We must lay down our life for his truth. We must bear witness to what is and what is the fidelity of God to his promises. We must believe well, we in our own. What? The cut. What time is Some it? What time you got? Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> My eyeballs. 9.45. All right, we'll continue a little while and then get ready. We must believe in our old hearts what God our Father has prom offered and promised us. We must leave all things to answer his call to us and to reply to his grace. When we have done this, we can talk of perfection. But when we have done this, we no longer need to talk of perfection. August 31, 1956, a very small locust seedling, a few feet high, grows up triumphantalistically. <laughs> God. He says that this small lotus seedling, a few feet high, grows up triumphalistically. God. The word's bigger than the seedling. Triumphalistically. I try to read this in a triumphalistically way. Out of this... Grows up out of this honeysuckle in the place where the wall is broken down. Beyond that, through a gap in the cedars, the old sheep barn with its plum-colored roof swelters in the noonday sun. A broken-down mowing machine is stranded among the stones of the road. And beyond the wind moves the massive light and dark foliage of the oak trees. A tractor here under the woodshed picks up a piece of machinery with which to worry the soil. And the latest postulant walks by, looking critically at the tractor. I return to the small locust whose slow dance in the wind is like that of a Japanese dancer. She turns up her delicate branches in the wind and the undersides of the leaves smile at the sun. See, he has these picturesque writings of the nature around him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's no. exposed to all that. Uh, 
If I was a hermitage in the woods, I would probably have to write about the stuff in the woods as well. I'd write for the sunset every night, every evening. I would have to describe the sunset every day. It's interesting if you don't have a camera, how do you take a record of... What if you, what if you instead of write, taking a photograph, you wrote what you saw? Yeah, you can do that. You say, I wanted to take a photograph of the sunset. I like to write. Actually, writing hmm. is very poetic. You can make um, anything out of it. And some of these old books before cameras, they, they write out in detail the thing they saw. Would you like some more coffee? Probably. Yeah. September 12th, 1956. Respect for mystery. Sense of the mystery of God. Veneration of the sacredness of mystery. Awe and humility in approaching the ineffable holiness of him who can be known in himself only by his own revelation of himself, which are essential virtues of a truly religious soul. To lose these characteristics is to lose our religious spirit. To grow in them is to grow in the true interior life, the gabby objectivity of a relationship in which familiarity has destroyed all sense of the reality of God's tremendum mysterium is almost as bad as agnosticism. Hmm. The gabby objectivity of a relationship in which familiarity has destroyed all sense of the reality of God's tremendum mysterium is almost as bad as agnosticism. Hmm. Hmm. What time is it now? I have to stop, I think. We're going to end on this tremendum mysterium and uh, September 12, 1956. Uh, oh. Tremendum. Uh-huh.